2: Welcome to the Dope Black Women Podcast. This is the space for Black women around the world to share our stories and our experiences. I'm your girl Livs, and in this episode, we're talking about skin health and skin care. I'm joined by skin specialist Dija Adeli and skin blogger Zainab Danjuma. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Dope Black Women Podcast. Each week, we explore stories and issues relating to Black women and to our community. And we are now well into August, and we have many, hopefully, (laughs) hot summer days ahead of us. But for those of us like me who suffer with skin disorders or skin conditions, or even just a general discomfort in our skin, this can cause a lot of anxiety. So I wanted to really have a conversation, an open one. get some good advice, hear other people's experiences and yeah, just just show that this isn't something we should be ashamed of and it's actually very common. So I have two wonderful guests joining me on today's episode. Do you guys wanna introduce yourselves?
1: Hi, I'm, I'm DJ Iadele, I am a skin health expert and author of the forthcoming book, Black Skin. Um, and I, I have a clinic up in central London that I work from.
0: And my name is Zainab Danjuma. I have been documenting my skin journey with eczema and TSW for about nearly four years now. And I just document it on YouTube and on Instagram with pictures.
2: So Zainab, do you mind by telling us a bit about, as you said, your journey and what that's been like and what your kind of, what is your relationship with your skin like now? (laughs) So
0: I've had eczema ever since I was a baby. I think my mum said that she started me on medication around six months old, which is quite young um since then I honestly don't remember a time where I've had 100% clear skin it's never been 100% I'm 32 now and four years ago I decided to stop all medication and that was a personal choice um, just because the medication didn't seem to work anymore I was using creams and my skin was still red, still inflamed and when I stopped the medication I went through a withdrawal process something that many doctors won't acknowledge is real and my skin was like a hundred times worse than it ever has been I was red oozing flaking lots of um, hyperpigmentation insomnia just all these different symptoms and I'm about three and a half years in now but I've just had a baby and I've gone through another flare and I don't know if that's related to being pregnant and the hormones if it was some medication that I was giving during my pregnancy or is it just a coincidence I don't know but this journey is not over not even close.
2: I mean, it's interesting you mention about some of the symptoms there. Um so me myself I have vitiligo. Um I've had vitiligo for really 10 years now when it first started. Um and I've always had really sensitive skin. Um when I was younger it was eczema. Um and I have kind of manage to get it under control as, as you get older. I think as you get older, you learn to recognise the creams that work for you, you know, the food you should be eating, all that kind of stuff. But certainly I really relate to um, the flakiness, the itching, the redness of it, hyperpigmentation. Um, and these, these are things which people, I don't know, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it represented on TV. I don't see it represented in films. I think that people assume that oh you must be dirty there's something wrong with you you don't take care of yourself because why do you have that and other people don't um DJ I mean how how common would you say that is that people think it's it's something that you're just not looking after yourself as opposed to it's not really something that you have under control
1: I think it's very common, um, both from the person who's experiencing the skin condition as well as, um, as well as the general public. Um, and you, you hear people, um, would say things like, you know, they want to give you advice all the time into what you should be doing. Um, it's always unsolicited advice because you who have the condition, you are probably doing everything plus more than you, that you know, that you can to manage it. So it's very common. Um, it's very common from both ends, those who are experiencing it and those who are not experiencing the condition, um, which makes me think that we all need to do better to to understand how these conditions manifest and how we can all help each other through it. Because one thing I, I always say to people is you're never far away from a skin condition yourself. It's, you know, it's, and that's where the empathy comes in. Um, no, There's no such thing as perfect skin. No no one has. I mean, I work in the skincare industry and I've worked in it for a long time. I, I have far from perfect skin. What we should always be aiming for is the healthiest skin possible. Um, and obviously there's lots of, societal pressures and whatnot but I feel as part of my role to really make sure that um, I speak a lot on healthy skin rather than a skin a skin type or skin feeling that's unattainable
2: Mm. yeah it's interesting because um so I have quite a lot of scars on my body from um and that that is from sometimes you know you'll itch your skin so much until you literally scar yourself. And I think people are always surprised that my skin's quite soft. They kind of expect it to be rough and bumpy. And it's kind of like, no, I still try and take care of myself, even though I have these ongoing conditions that I live with. I think people have an idea of what, like, for example, acne, you know, I think we still see as a stereotype that it's greasy teenagers who eat a lot of crap food and don't look after themselves when you can get it at any point in your life you you can get acne at any point in your life in fact some of the I guess some of the
1: cleanest people I know um, have acne and when I say cleanest I mean like they are the people who are so vigilant in keeping their skin clean Um, so the idea that you have a skin condition because you're dirty sometimes a lot of the time is because those are the people who are fixated on the condition of their skin. So, in fact, they're spending a lot of time, more than, more than you and I, in keeping their skin hyper-clean. And, and because because the skin has a natural microbiome of bacteria uh, um, and, and skin oils and everything else that lives on top of the skin, when you are hyper-vigilant in, in cleaning your skin, you're actually damaging that uh, microbiome as well. So the idea that... Um, you're, you're dirty or you're filthy because you've got a skin condition is far from the truth you are the person who's probably doing the most than anyone else
2: saying so, i mean growing up with with uh with eczema i mean did people look at you a certain way or did you internalize any messages about what that meant about your skin or the way you took care of yourself It's a bit of a mixed bag, to be
0: honest. So when I was really little, so I think primary school times, I always mention this one boy in my class that I I don't know what I did. I reached out for something and he just blurted out, Zainab, you have really dry knuckles. Because back in the day, my knuckles used to split every time I'd make a fist. I had really bad eczema on my hands. And that was the only time that I've ever been called out, like really embarrassingly about my skin. And as I've got older, I think I've just got really good at hiding it to the point where... A lot of people didn't know I had eczema. And I think that's the problem with people with skin conditions. We we try so hard to hide it as well. So that when you do go out into the public, like you said, you think you're the only one or it's not that common. But I mean, it would influence the type of clothes I would wear or how I would wear my hair, days that I would go out, things that I would do. For example, if people were going swimming and I was having a flare, I just wouldn't go. And it can really affect all these little things in your life that, other people don't even have to think twice about Mm. but even me right now I mean it's not exactly um hot outside but I'm in long sleeve because my arms are pretty bad right now and it just it dictates everything I do every day yeah
2: and I think this is why you know I wanted to have this conversation now because I know for myself every summer is almost like I need to build myself up and be like okay you know people are gonna look at some points you know people are going to stare and then do that thing where they look away and pretend as if it never happened it's like (laughs) you know I know you're staring I'm not an idiot like um and you do almost kind of have to prepare yourself for how are people going to react and it feels it can be a very draining experience having to do that if not every summer every time you go on holiday or every time you wear a dress whatever it might be um and and, yeah people don't people don't see that people don't even think about it really Mm.
0: I don't think people um understand the struggle that it took for you to even get out in the morning so for example you go and you go out to a party and everyone's like oh you look so happy but they didn't realize that you took three hours to get ready because you're extra dry so you had to cream yourself a bit um more today or sit there and like pretty yourself up in the morning. Um, I remember when I was going for a really bad flare at my workplace, my manager was so nice and she allowed me to come in an hour late every day just to get the extra hour of just making myself feel comfortable. But when you're out in public, nobody understands that part of the story. They just see you out and you're happy. But the struggle and, and when you go home at night, the sleepless nights, and then you're waking up again to do the same thing every morning, it is, it is draining. But I think most of us just put on a happy face and most people just see the happy face.
1: I, I would completely agree in terms of, you know, I, I have clients who have various skin conditions and it is a psyching up process. Um, you know, to, to leave the house, it's, it's a mental psyching up process, but it's also a, um, a, a physical and a practical one, making sure you have everything together. Um, I have clients who, um, you know, not necessarily, uh, eczema, but they've got extremely dry skin and they will, if they ran out of a particular type of moisturizer that they use and they found that that's their holy grail moisturizer, they will ask to buy two or three at a time because... And and that's a mental thing. It's like, I never want to be without this. Um, if we announce, like... Um, like at the moment we're on a summer break from work and so the clinic is closed for a week, you have clients who will, because of that, just literally make a massive order. And whilst it's great, yes, obviously, you know, we run a business, it's great. But I know that... I know where it's coming from. So I will always say before we go on a break, I will give at least a month's notice and we will over over order our stock because I know that we have certain clients who will want to buy two or three things just so they have it in the cupboard. And that is that, where a mental fatigue also comes in you have the fatigue of you have to get up and um and you know maybe change your change your night dress in the middle of the night because your skin is oozing perhaps you have that fatigue you also have the mental fatigue and you also have the future mental (laughs) fatigue where you're constantly thinking (laughs) about the future you're checking the weather forecast you are planning so far in advance um it, it's it's like it's tiring for you, and then obviously your family members as well. They get tired of you because you are, but you are so hyper vigilant all the time, and it starts to affect relationships around you as well. So I always say that you know everyone's coming from somewhere. Like when we see people out, like you say, someone sees you at a party, say you look nice. Everyone's coming from somewhere, and all our journeys are different. um And some people's journey is sometimes is harder than than the vast majority of people and and that is again something that you know we need to we need to pay attention to i don't know if i'm just hyper vigilant of it because obviously i work in the skincare industry um and you know i i see i i see see women every single day so i'm just more conscious of the 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 psychological side of things as well as well as the practical sides that i can help with Mm.
2: no it is it's so true um and i can relate to so much of it Um, I in. I'm interested to know so you you mentioned that you've you specialize in black skin Um, and I'm wondering you know what have you kind of learned that is different or is worth knowing because I've been reading recently about how with skin conditions in particular it's really important that the race of the person is is highlighted because say for example the symptoms will just will come out different or they'll look different and You know, people don't necessarily think of that so, so, so what,
1: one of the key things is obviously how a disease or a skin condition presents on the skin. So, for example, uh, three of us here are are all black, but we come in very, in different colors. We have three different shades. So how something looks on you in terms of it might look red, uh, you know, reddened look on you. On me, I might just look flushed instead. Um, um or oh, I might have a, a purplish tinge to my skin. Um, and, and that, the other reason why that, that is important is because A lot of medical professionals. um, For example, I'm not a medical professional, so if someone comes to me with something that I think is eczema, I can only can recommend that they go and see their GP. But when they get to their GP, if their GP has never seen that condition on a darker skin tone, it becomes an issue, or they get given the wrong medication, so therefore they they don't have a solution, or a lot of the times when skin conditions and darker skin tones are, are taught, it's changing, I have to say. But a lot of someone time when it's taught, it's taught at the extreme. So this is like um, the extreme version of eczema on a darker skin tone. So that medical professional is looking for that. They're looking for that one-off, very extreme case that they saw when they were a student. And when we know there's a spectrum, I'm sure Zainab, you go through periods of where it's the flares are not that bad, so it becomes a spectrum of of responses um The other reason why race has to be taken into consideration is because of cultural reasons now and as a so sort of, sort of Sierra Leone and Nigerian dry skin men you know putting on sheer butter um and and you know some in some in some parts of of my culture they'll say you know use black soap, which is a traditionally made soap um which you know. Has, has a very drying effect on the skin. So if you have um, a dry skin condition, using something like black soap isn't great. Shear butter is technically an oil. So if you've got a dry skin, um, you want to hydrate. You want to put moisture back into the skin. What shear butter does, it, it's an oil you know, so it's not giving you moisture, it's just sealing that dryness into the skin. So that's another reason why, um, because physiologically, when it comes to skin, whether it's black, white, you know, whatever shade, you uh, race you are, there are, the, the differences are smaller than we think. There are some key differences, for example, you know, black skin studies show is it's drier than, than than white skin, for example, Caucasian skin. So there are some differences, but they're not, as great as we all think it's usually culture um, and cultural practices that impact the race and then impacts how we treat the skin so that's why I I think and I and I fundamentally believe it's important because when I see women and they sit in front of me they say things to me like you're Nigerian I'm Nigerian I know you're going to get me you're black I'm black I know you're going to get me and it's of no disrespect to my Caucasian colleagues or my white colleagues what they mean is culturally you get me you know what I mean by when I say I was rubbing shea butter or cocoa butter or I was using black soap. You, I know, as soon as they say it, I know all the ins and outs of it. What auntie said this, what person came from abroad and gave them this, I know it and I know the sort of pressure they would have been under about their skin and, and what to use on their skin. So that's really where they're coming from. Um, And that's why race
2: is important. And I think that's, um, you know, I mean, people will say this all the time, but I do think social media plays a huge role in this because within that community of of skincare, oh my God, every day it's a new product or a new regime or a new thing you should be trying. And it is overwhelming because, and I think it's also quite dangerous. um, And I'm sure... DG, you can relate to this, that a lot of these people aren't professionals or trained or have any expertise. And they're telling you, try this new thing on your face. It's great. It cleared my spot in one day. I put it on and took it off and it was gone. <laughs> and I think, is that healthy? Like, is, I don't think it's that's really how not. skin is supposed to work. Like, <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> and I think it is overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it is overwhelming. And I do see it a lot. And I mean, I I try not to get involved in social media conversations for the simple reason that there are too many experts and, but very few with the certification or qualifications to prove their expertise. And then it becomes, you know, a back and forth, back and forth. So I tend to sit it out. Um, But yeah, there are way too many people um, with opinions, um, way too much information online. I mean, we we've we've come we've we, we've hit a hill and come back down in terms of lockdown created a situation where everyone was off work so content content creation became the thing so whether you had a qualification whether you didn't have a qualification um, you talk about it and because people are impatient they latch onto things because they're like oh I saw so and so talking about this and it looked lucky work for them and they, I want to try it too and I'm always cautioning make sure you seek a professional skincare skincare consultation so you know what's right for you not what not what's right for auntie sally down the road you want what's for you (laughs) i'm always saying that because people jump on the bandwagon when i post skincare pictures i would have clients calling my workplace saying i saw deja posted about this sunscreen but she recommended recommended something different for me do you think i should get what she's posted on her social and i'm like at least these are the These are the clever ones who are actually calling up to find out. But there's people who will just go and get it, regardless of whether it's for them or not. Social has created a situation where we can share advice easily and we can share our experiences, which I think is great. But I do think that where people can sometimes be so desperate, the idea of taking five minutes out to double check and check in with themselves, whether that's something for them, um, people lose that ability because the desperation is high because people want that flawless skin and they want it yesterday because that's what social media and the filters and the magazines, that's what they've told us that we should be looking like. But but it's it's a billion, billion pound, billion dollar market that's driven on women's, mainly women, men too, but mainly women's insecurities. And the insecurities are starting younger and younger. So it's the market is constantly fueled. Um, And, you know, I don't think anyone has the answers. But I think consumers, you know, we can vote with our feet and our wallets and all that sort of stuff. And I think the answers lie with us rather than the brands themselves.
0: Yeah, I guess that's where my Instagram comes in. I've really posted pictures of what i actually look like not a photo from a distance i've zoomed in on my hands and my legs and my my flaking skin and been like well if you think if you think my skin looks good or you think i'm pretty this is what i look like up close and i think most of my pictures on my instagram i think all of them to be honest i don't wear makeup in them just because it's real because i think people can relate more to a real photo than an airbrushed one because they're never gonna chase, they're never gonna be the airbrush picture. So when they see little blemishes, little scars, like you said, you have scars on your body too. They're like, yeah, that's more like me. But um, I would never ever do this when I was younger. I would always hide. There was never a day I would leave the house without makeup, even if I was just going to the shop for a drink. And whereas now I can leave the house without makeup. And I think that's where times are changing. People are realizing that you don't have to be 100% all the time and that people out there are dealing with the same issues where they don't want to wear makeup 24 seven. They can't because they have bad skin. They might have acne. They need a break from it sometimes. So it's good to see. It's really bad to say natural skin. Why is it so hard to see natural skin as bad as some of it may be like people with acne, eczema, psoriasis, that is also natural skin. It doesn't have to be perfect natural skin, but we have varying degrees of perfect skin or normal skin.
2: Honestly, as you said, it is a multi million dollar industry and it's so funny how we're all being scammed, really, at the end of the day. Like, we're all being scammed. To think that, like, as you said, there is such thing as flawless skin in the p- first place. And secondly, that we sh- aren't allowed to age, but we should just not age. And I think it's just, it's ridiculous and it's crazy. And especially, as you said, they are getting younger and younger. I go on um Instagram now and I go on TikTok mm-hmm. and I think one of the latest trends is... um people using sun cream every day which like I think is a good thing you should be doing but some of these people are like 17 and they're like you know I don't want to age I'm using sun cream a day. and I'm like girl like you're a kid <laughs> it's just yeah it, I, I don't think I think that psychologically there's something very damaging there that we're not allowed to age
1: yeah, I think people latch on to one thing, like you say, the sunscreen trend now, people latch on to one thing, and they think that's that's the thing. And, you know, immediately when you said that, the first thing that went through my mind was, what else are you using? What is the rest of your routine? So it's like when people say to me, well, I use vitamin C, and I go, okay, what else are you using? Well, they say, I, I use this really expensive product. And I go, what else have you surrounded yourself with? It's not just about that one thing. Um, and, and now the sunscreen thing has been linked. Obviously, sunscreen has always been linked to aging, but that has made it even more apparent. But when you're 17 aging isn't what you should be thinking about when you're applying sunscreen it should be more just about sun damage and not damaging your skin it shouldn't be because you are um apprehensive of aging because truth be told we all gonna we all we all age you age from the day you're born um and yes you can protect your skin and it's about developing good habits for your skin so your skin is healthy at every stage of your life and you, or your skin is supported when it's going through a patch of unhealthiness. But it is not about the fear of, of aging um, because that will happen. And if that's all you're worried about, the aging process on your skin will be harder and mentally it will be harder for you to take on than if you accepted it and looked after your skin as a whole rather than focusing on just certain aspects of it.
0: And you know what? If you if you just leave it be, it may just clear up by itself. If you interfere with it and trying to pump it full of whatever, it may exacerbate the initial problem. A lot of times when it comes to a spot, you know, that's going to go in like two, three days. But people want it gone now for some reason. They just can't wait the two, three days. Whereas someone like me, I've dealt with this for 32 years. I mean, I can wait a couple more days if... I'm not looking for a miracle cure. I'm not looking for something to cure me tomorrow. I know that it's going to take a lot more time. When I first went through withdrawal, it took six months before my skin looked normal to the point where nobody would know what I'd been through. And six months is fine for me, but some people want it gone in six hours. And that's where you get into the medications and the the face pills and the, all the drugs. And it's like, it's not necessary. Mm. Just wait it out. 100%.
2: I wanted to to talk briefly about scars because... Um, as I mentioned I do have quite a few scars all over my body that are self-inflicted from you know just scratching and scratching until it eventually leaves a scar and Zainab I'm I'm sure this is something you can relate to it is such an uncomfortable thing to deal with because I think people look at them and either think why on earth would you do that to yourself or make an assumption that you know it's it's something else that I've done to myself you know I remember the first time I went to a dermatologist and spoke about trying to use creams on my scars. And she said, oh, um, you know, is this from a razor? And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) No, it's just me scratching myself again and again and again. And they kind of look at you like... Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, my day.
0: You've got, you've got to remember that sometimes doctors, as as much as they're treating skin conditions, they've never experienced a skin condition themselves. So they're reading it from a book. They were like, okay, someone with eczema is itchy. Um, they will have itchy, red, flaky skin. But what they will not understand is how itchy that itchy skin is. There are times when I've gone to the doctors and I've said, this cream, whatever they're giving me, it hurts and they just can't comprehend that the the way that they're thinking is she had an issue I've given her a solution to that issue it should work you know and they just don't understand how it feels so when you're talking about you've scratched yourself until it bleeds trust me I know how good that itch is Mm. better than sex not even joking (laughs) honestly like you can keep going and the thing is you will see yourself bleed and you still can't stop that's how bad it is and nobody would want to do that to themselves it's impossible to want to harm yourself like that but it's the itch you cannot stop and um one of the symptoms of me stopping my medication my steroid medication was the way they describe it is a bone deep itch like scratching the skin it's not even touching the itch you have to keep going and there were times where i've scratched myself so much first i start oozing like the fluid and then if you keep going you do bleed Weirdly enough, I haven't really scarred myself too much from scratching. What I have got is a lot of um, thickened skin. That's from the friction of rubbing. It's called lichenification. Am I saying it right? Lichenification. So it's like, um, I call it crocodile skin because it goes quite bumpy, tough, rough. And some of the worst places that I, I got that was the bends in my arms. So like right here, because it's easily accessed and I can scratch it anytime I want and when I was younger like I said my hands I used to sit on the carpet when I was little and rub my knuckles on the carpet because that was the only way I could stop that itch or reach that itch and um, the backs of my hands for about for a very long time like 10 years they looked thickened and just discolored a bit off but as time went on Scars do fade. So if your, if the scars that you have like inflicted on yourself are recent, I think if you don't have the same rash in the same area again, over time, the scar will fade. It might not disappear completely, but it will fade. Um, but it is disheartening to look at your skin every day, seeing it red, bruised, cracked, flaking, and the itch. I know the amount of times that you thought you're coming to the end of a flare and then you scratch it and now you you set yourself back like two weeks because you've got to heal this wound that you've made. I've been there 32 years, on and off, on and off. I understand. Um, but scars do fade. Majority of scars do fade. And like you said, most people don't even notice them. I think most times you're more... Um,
2: annoyed by the scars or you notice it more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, on this uh, this issue of scratching, you know, we talk ab- about how this can really impact your mental health, how it is a very exhausting experience. Um, I remember growing up, particularly in my teenage years, where, you know, some of my experience was like, it's worse, I guess that has to do with puberty and hormones. Um, you know, my friends would just automatically say, stop scratching, stop scratching. Mm. And to me, those words. And and to me, (laughs) what I tried to explain to him was like, I know you think you're being helpful, but it's about as helpful as telling someone who has depression, just be happy. Just be happy. Like, if it really was that simple, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this. And I think that is the thing, like you said, people just don't get it. Mm. And it's quite
0: dismissive, isn't it? Oh, just stop scratching. And it's like you're sitting there your skin is crawling and someone's like, oh, I've got the solution. Just stop scratching. And you're just like, that's not going to help. And it, it is quite embarrassing. I've been like, I don't know, family functions or whatever. And if if someone says that to you in a group setting and then everyone kind of just looks at you and you're just sitting there like, I really want to scratch, but now I can't because you're just staring at me. And then you, you feel like you just want to go off into another room and scratch in peace. And I've been swatted sometimes, you know, people grab your hands and I'm just like, it's really embarrassing, especially as a grown woman. Now, if I want to scratch, I'm going to scratch. But it is. I understand people mean well. But like you said, if, if someone was depressed, you don't just say just cheer up. Yeah. Like, it, it's like that. You're not helping the situation. You're not understanding like, the full extent of it. Yeah, it's quite sad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Most of the times you're you're more hyper aware of it. It's, this, I mean, this will never compare to eczema. But last week. I got bitten by mosquitoes. I don't know how in this country, mosquitoes. But I got bitten on on one arm. I don't know where, I must have been sat in a funny way or whatever. But on one arm, I got bitten six times and it was so itchy. And this will never compare because I know exactly the itch you're talking about. Or I I respect the itch you're talking about. But I just was like, and I kept saying to myself don't scratch it because it will it will scar it will hyperpigment don't scratch it but when you have a skin condition that you cannot control that urge to scratch or if it's at night you know you don't even know you're scratching you just you just wake up and you're like oh you know I've got this because my son sometimes wakes up and I'm thinking Oh my gosh, he's wounded himself in the night um, just just by scratching. And even though his eczema is so much under control now, he does have flare ups. Um, you can only respect respect what someone's telling you, and you're absolutely right that sometimes the medical profession don't quite understand you know they they've got the textbook this she's itchy she says she's itchy give her this but they don't quite get the extent to which or how itchy that is which is why i always encourage people as well to participate in the trials um i know the center of evidence-based um, dermatology up at nottingham university they are always, they do lots of eczema trials or and skin condition trials and they're always looking for more people to participate in the trials because this is how the medical profession is then informed as to the extent of conditions and scarring. Yes, it is an issue in terms of you will see it more than other people do, and you'll be more concerned about it. And that is the only time, one of the times I say that's when things like um, skin treatments can play a role, especially if the skin has healed but you still have some scarring. That's when things like you know superficial chemical peels or things like micro needling. Um, that's when those sort of rejuvenating skin treatments can actually help um to ensure that um you know to to, to re- re- and I always say they're not about making your restoring your skin back to how it was but it's always about improving the appearance of the scar in order or or enough to boost your confidence so that you're less worried about it so that yes you can wear that sleeveless top if you wanted to um, and that is where um people like me actually come into play because we're not going to give you baby skin again you know baby skin i always say it's for the babies as you grow up knocks and bumps life happens but we can assist with routines and products if the skin has healed um to to help and treatments to then help improve the appearance of the skin so that you're less it's, it's more about you than anything else it's more about how you feel and i always say if you're not so bothered Crack on, but if you are bothered, then there are things that we can do to, to help mm-hmm.
2: what What advice do you both have from a personal and also from a medical point of view um in terms of the summer months when people are out more showing more skin? you know what the things that you think are important to know? I always say that you know you number one be familiar with your triggers,
1: so most people would have kept a diary so they know their triggers. Prepare for the summer months in the spring. Don't wait until it is stonkingly hot before you start thinking oh no get your get your prep ready which is you and your prep might be some um long sleeve caftans, if that's what you need some hats get your whatever lotions you're using get them ready you may need to start using them as you see the temperatures creeping up not when the temperatures really hot cuz you might need to allow allow it to sort of settle on the skin first before you start seeing relief from it so don't wait until you know, it's now really hot, it's now approaching the 30s before you start using it. It does seem like, yes, you have to plan so far in advance because, and and nobody else, and that's some sort of unfairness of it sometimes, nobody else has to do this, they can just get up and go. I guess I relate to it a lot, because obviously I have a child who is allergic to many things, and also has these eczema flare-ups, so I have to think 10,000 steps ahead um, of, of, say, the average parent, for example, Um, but I, I, I think it's it's about that accepting that that's where you are right now, which a lot of the time, because society puts so much pressure on us, can be difficult to to accept. But there is that side side plate of, of realism that has to go with it and being as practical and solutions driven as possible.
0: And also pick your um, company wisely. I actually have a friend literally my best friend and she has eczema as well so when we get together there is none of this stop scratching business there is just (laughs) understanding and um we can relate to each other if you hang out with people that eg make you feel bad about your skin or make you feel uncomfortable make you feel like you're disgusting then they're not your friends so in life as well just pick your company wisely and If your friends are willing to listen and understand your condition, you will feel more comfortable around them. And therefore, whenever you're with them, you don't feel so insecure or uncomfortable and feeling like an outsider. Um, A lot of my friends now, well, obviously, because I have an Instagram literally showing pictures of my skin, they understand what my skin condition is like now. But when I was younger, I just kept it all to myself and it made me a very withdrawn person. I still am to to some um, aspects, but... I'm more open to talking about my skin now so I don't feel weirded out if people ask me questions about it or what is this scar why is your skin so dry what is this sometimes it is good to talk about it, and especially in summer when people are going to notice your skin more because sometimes the heat makes you more red or sweaty sometimes it's just it's about owning it like this is your skin now it might not like you said it might not be this bad next week next year but right now this is how I look and I've had better days but it's when people come up to you and they, like you said, unsolicited advice. That is quite annoying. But just understand when you have bad skin, bad skin, you're gonna have people that come up to you and say things like that. So you have to own it. Be prepared for an answer. Just be like, oh, I've tried that. Sorry, it didn't work. You know, just own it. Own your skin
1: as it is right now. It's so it's so true what Zainab says about um, just again, yes, owning your skin. But knowing that we can highlight and celebrate each other without it being about our skin and our appearance you know i have a daughter um as well and i always would commend her her work i'll commend you know maybe how neat she's done her hair rather than the hair itself i wouldn't commend her you know her long hair or anything like that i'd commend, oh you've you've done your hair really neatly or you know you you have tidied yourself up really well but without actually commenting on someone in great detail and i think that's a skill that you know, we all need to learn. It's not about people's um, physical appearance. It's it's about them themselves um, and, and learning more from each other. I think um, Zainab's account and many others um, are great educational tools. Um, and we need to ensure that as a society, or especially within the beauty and skincare industry, which it is getting better granted, but we do show a wide spectrum of skin
2: and what is normal and and why people might have different types of skin thank you so much for listening to this week's episode i hope that you found it helpful and insightful and can just take some of this knowledge into how we all appreciate and talk about our skin make sure you keep up with everything we do at dope black women on twitter and facebook and at dope black women one on insta till next week stay blessed and unapologetically black